Hello and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 17B. This is April 16th, 2019, and I'm your host, Kamran Shustar. Along with me is... James Selig. So if you listened to our previous episode, which was 17A, and you listened to all our game coverage, you know that our uh, format has changed, but in case you are listening in for the first time instead, I will just reiterate really fast. Uh, We have cut out certain things like uh, very brief news highlights and game and uh, TV slash movie watching and playing what we've talked about. Uh, we're cutting out anything that really isn't a full like review discussion or opinion piece. If it's just saying like I watched this because I, I said I watched this because I watched it. Like we're cutting all that kind of stuff out. Uh, their goal is to have anywhere from one to three gaming topics and one to three movie topics for each episode. And with that, it'll allow us to make each discussion for each individual thing longer. But hopefully the overall podcast episode will be shorter. The length we're like trying to go for now is like around an hour if we can. Uh, we'll see though how it all goes. Um, last time we recorded was a little bit over a month ago. So we kind of had a l- enough to catch up with that we also still wanted to talk about that might be a month old, like uh, in the previous episode of Stadia. Uh, we just wanted to make things easier. We cut a lot of stuff out, but we instead cut the episodes in half. So one half is gaming and one half is movies and TV, hence the like A and B for the episodes. But it's pretty much all recorded on the same day. The news is all post-Star Wars Celebration. Uh, but all the news will go back to as far back as like a month, maybe, depending uh, how old it is and whatnot. But yeah, uh, to start off like we did last time, uh, would you like to start off with what you watched, James? Yeah, sure. So I got to see a couple movies while I was in town for spring break. One was Captain Marvel, which I've never been like a fan of Captain Marvel. Uh, I know some of her history, like that she got her powers from a Cree alien called Marvel, which... Kind of funny. Yeah, but, especially how they did in this one. Actually, we could talk about this one together then, since we both were going to do a full right. review. That works. Uh, also, actually, just a heads up for everyone, we'll probably, throughout our, kind of what we watched in discussion, it'll be spoilers. I'll yeah. see if I can put in a time code for it, but basically, until we get to, like, movie TV news, it'll probably all be full spoiler heavy, if anything. So, just to keep you in in the loop. Yeah, warning, I'm going to be pretty in-depth about uh, Captain Marvel. So... Like I said, I'm I'm not, I don't know her, all of her story. I know she's supposed to be one of the more powerful heroes in the Marvel universe. Not exactly sure why. Although I like how they explained how she got her power in this one. Like it wasn't that she just got an infusion of Kree blood from Captain Marvel or whatever. It was that she got hit with essentially radiation from the cosmic cube, well, the, the Tesseract which basically means her power comes from the Infinity Stones themselves, or at least the Space Stone. So that's pretty cool. Like, they did a really good job of making her seem, like, insanely powerful to, ma- to make it so that, like, oh, okay, so now that she's in the, the fold for Endgame, maybe they do stand a chance this time because she's, like, way more powerful than Thor or Iron Man or Hulk 
or whatever. I don't know. Thor's pretty fucking powerful. I mean, Thor took he out is. Thanos one-on-one. That's true. Uh, I don't know. It, it's it's hard to gauge. It's just like... By Thor the with Stormbreaker the- is, is a force to be reckoned with. But I, honestly, for me, I think they're... At least so far from what I've seen, I think they're pretty equal in terms of what they can do in terms of power. Huh? For Thor and Captain Marvel, I think they're pretty equal. Possibly. It's hard to say, because, like, Thor is, like, almost indestructible, but at at the same time, by the end of Captain Marvel, she was literally just, like... Destroying whole ships, that's true, yeah. She wasn't even, like, shooting lasers at them, she was literally just flying through them like there was nothing in her way. So, basically, the point being, she doesn't even have to try, she's that powerful. Uh... I will say, though, I liked that they kind of put a twist on the whole Kree um, scroll war. Like they, yeah, that was, that was, that was uh, one of the better parts, I'd say. Like, it's interesting because, like, throughout all of Marvel history, like, the scrolls have basically been, like, the main, not the main bad guy of, like, everyone, but, like, they've always been bad. Yeah. You know, like, they, it is true what they said in Captain Marvel, that they have a, uh, a habit of making themselves look like alien species, you know, infiltrating secretly. And then once there's enough of them, they take over and that's how they take over planets. So that is true. Like that is normally what happens with the scroll. But in this or in, in the movie, Captain Marvel, they made it more that the scroll were not invading planets. They were trying to hide from the Kree, which at the same time, like the in the Marvel comics, the Kree are generally better, I guess, in terms of good or good and evil than but the they scroll. still fuck shit up. They, they are. That's the thing. It's like they they are. I you could technically say they are better. On They're the scale. lesser of two evils. Yes, but they are still much more involved in what's good for this for the Kree than they are for what's good for everyone. Yeah. So it wasn't that far of a leap to make the Kree, you know, oppressors. And, and it, I thought it worked really well for the movie, and I did not see that twist coming. I also got to say I really appreciated how much detail they put into making the movie feel like it was in the 90s, like it was supposed to. Oh, uh, because it's blockbuster? Just, like, little things. Like, yeah, like, she lands in a blockbuster, <laughs> and then she, like, shoots... Radio Shack! Yeah, yeah she, like, <laughs> shoots a, like, a poster for an old Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, True Lies. Yeah, I was cracking would, up about that. Yeah, was, which like, would have been out at that time. And, like, yeah, and then she goes to some dude, like... Hey, uh, where can I get communications equipment? He just like points to a radio shack. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. It was, like, it was good in terms of like this isn't really in terms of like the quality of the the movie itself. This is just more like a if you grew up in the nineties, this is a good nostalgia factor that can oh, play yeah. into your uh, liking. Like yeah, I, I guess you could say, I, like I love the scene where they're loading the black box disc onto the computer and it's like having to load and it's like taking a minute and yeah, literally was... they're literally just like. What's happening? Why is nothing happening? Like, oh, it's just loading. Like, oh, uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so unused to it. Yeah, I, I especially liked. um, uh, I forget the lead scroll's name. I think was the actor's name was it Ben Mendelsohn or something? Yeah, it was that guy. Yeah, he was really you know know him in. um, He plays Krennic in Rogue One. Yeah, and then he also plays uh, Daggett. 
the enemy, like the bad CEO in Dark Knight Rises, yeah. who gets crushed by Bane. He's like, "You're, you're pure evil," but he likes this fucking. You shall die now. Like, uh, I'll, I'll talk more about Dark Knight later. But uh, that's right, I am. Uh, the uh, his performance was probably my personal favorite, just because he just be, he doesn't understand like uh analogies and stuff where it's like i'm gonna yeah. sh- i'm gonna shove this like well, what shove would you my say? foot shove where, this... like where i shouldn't and he's like am i i don't where's that guess? was that supposed to mean something and yeah. it's just <laughs> fucking like when they say something like that he's just kind of like i don't i don't know what that's supposed to tell me is that what does that mean to me yeah. and then uh the other scroll like his assistant that's like the scientist just oh, keeps God. getting shit on <laughs> Like, come so on, funny. you're scientists, you're not supposed to know this. And the dude's just like, I don't know, man, I just work here. It's like, oh, it's because those numbers aren't coordinates, those are state vectors. It's like, what? It's like, yeah, you didn't find the base on Earth because it's not on Earth, it's in orbit. And he like turns to a science guy, he's like, they know orbit. Why didn't you think of orbit? They know orbit. Well, the guy, yeah, the guy's just like, I don't know. I felt bad. That dude got killed by Jude Law. Jude Law killed him. Yeah. Um, one thing I kind of was whatever about though was the whole Marvel deal, because uh, they're like, "Hey, big twist! Marvel's not this uh, big Marvel dude that's uh, from like in like the Marvel stuff. He's not this like spaceman. He's actually this old woman that's it's like I'm here to save you, Carol." And I'm like, um, "Well, okay, I guess that's happening." Like, it's it didn't deteriorate from Carol like uh, Brie Larson's character, but I just kind of didn't care if that makes sense like I, I was expecting like in terms of myself as a as a comic reader the whole captain marvel miss marvel area i've never cared about whatsoever like the whole marvel thing i was like don't give two shits about this guy uh the only captain marvel i know is a little boy that can turn into a, a grown man by saying shazam that's yeah. that's had been my whole mindset throughout my entire life and then miss marvel becomes captain marvel and then uh, she's now the, like the big one in the comics and everything. Still don't give two shits about her in the comics, but that's also like I don't give two shits about pretty much all of the Avengers in the comics. Like I, I, I've said it before, I'm more of an X Men guy. I like the street characters like Daredevil, Punisher, um, all those kinds. I like Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, the Pakistani one. She's fucking awesome. Like, I hear she's really good. Really that's good story. Uh, like I said before. Like read, you can read Captain Marvel. Sure, I always recommend Kamala Khan's Miss Marvel run. That is really really good uh but anyway uh this uh personification of marvel kind of solidified my disinterest in that type of character altogether just because i i was like i'm not even i'm even less interested now that it's an old woman i'm sorry uh it's just my personal preference well the weird thing is about like the only things they got right about that particular character is that her name is marvel and she's a cree that's about yeah. the only things that make her Captain Marvel. It's Marvel and Kree. That's literally it. Uh, besides that, I was just like, oh, I thought it was a space-faring, crazy, whatever. But uh, all right, whatever. Who cares? But then again, like, it's not even about Marvel. It's about Captain Marvel. It's about Carol. As a character, I honestly liked Brie Larson's Captain Marvel a lot. I liked her attitude. She had a very snarky, sarcastic attitude. That's like wise ass. It was. It's, it's weird to say it, because uh, I would describe it like this, um, in terms of like all the Marvel characters in the movies and stuff, you, you see them all as like these heroes, but you don't really look at them as like regular people where you just hang out with them on a daily, day-to-day basis. 
just because their personality isn't that kind of, I don't know, it doesn't feel like that personality. Whereas hers, the way she acts is kind of, it felt very, I guess I just felt very relatable to her. Because I'm like, I always say fucking wise ass shit at work yeah. and everything else. I'll, I'll just, I'll be a smart ass. I'll be sarcastic just because it's always fun. So I was like, oh, this feels very real to me in terms of her personality. It felt very down to earth. Uh, if she ever had any jokes, they weren't really funny, which isn't a bad thing. Like, honestly, um, I'll put it this way. Usually all the quips, this, your standard kind of template quip that's in a Marvel movie is something that the audience laughs at, but isn't really funny for someone in the movie. Whereas what I felt like they would say in the movie, like for what Breeze, for what Carol Danvers would say, was something that wasn't really funny to the audience, but for the people in the movie, it was actually humorous. And I felt very, I felt in a way that was more real because in that world, those are the ones that are supposed to be laughing in that world, not us. Even though, like, I guess that doesn't make, like, that makes sense, it doesn't make sense, I don't know. But, like, uh, it it just felt more like a real character. So, in terms of, like, her personality, her character itself, I really, really liked uh, Captain Marvel uh, as a person. And, like, as a superhero type. Uh, What I kind of was whatever about was just the movie itself, the overall story and plot. Uh just was kind of your standard middle tier Marvel movie. Uh, doesn't really rank anywhere high, nowhere low. It's just there. It's a, it's another average Marvel movie for me. Uh, it didn't do anything really special at all uh, that the others haven't already done. It just kind of gets your stuff in and you either enjoy it, you don't. If you really like the character in the comics, I'm sure you'll love this. Uh, aside from that, like Samuel Jackson did a great job as Nick Fury. Uh, it was just enjoyable. The the whole cat thing was enjoyable. Yeah, uh, then the, the credit scene was not enjoyable. <laughs> the whole stupid... I hated waiting at the end, and it's like the cat just throws it up. I was like, fuck, I feel like I'm watching Pirates of the Caribbean 2 again, where they're like, hey, wait till after the credits, and it's just the dog being worshipped by the natives. I was just like, well, oh my god, the cat coughed up the Tesseract. I never saw that coming. It's not like Loki used that the whole time in Avengers. I just, yeah. I don't know. I just It was a waste for me, personally. I just yeah. didn't care. I'll, I'll agree. Like that, It was a funny little... Th- bit but it wasn't really it didn't you it didn't need to be the second end credit scene yeah you don't you don't do that to me uh, <laughs> uh the, i mean if anything the end credit scene should have been the first end the Avengers, scene. yeah yeah if where, anything yeah where like the yeah the pagers start like stops going off and they're like hey it finally stopped doing the thing why is it why did it stop doing the thing and then all of a sudden captain marvel's like right behind them going like where's nick, where's nick? <laughs> where's, where's the trigger man <laughs> um yeah so it pretty much leads up right into avengers endgame which i already got tickets for uh but not on opening day it's like the wednesday after it comes out so it's like technically exactly like six or seven days after its release mm. to get good like seats in xd and whatever yeah Sorry, can't do IMAX this time. Just not worth it. Well, that and tickets have been sold out for like a Which is while. why it's not worth it. Like, you could, there's ways to do it. It's just not, it's not oh, worth God, no. the trouble. Don't go to eBay and buy a ticket for like thousands of dollars. That shit's insane. I'm sorry, when it kind of cut off there, so I'm not sure. Yeah, much. I, I oh, basically just space said... Field. Yeah, I basically just said don't don't go to eBay and spend thousands of dollars. It's not worth yeah, it. Yeah, that's fucking dumb. Uh, plus, like, uh, the people I went and saw, like, Infinity War with were people I went to school with, and it's usually a really... It's like an event when we go see a movie together in a giant theater, because it's just a bunch of us going crazy and stuff. So it's not going to be that same 
surrounding watching Endgame. It's going to be much more like a couple people that are friends, but it's not like a crazy event style, and no one's crazy about the movies as much, like in terms of just like, oh my god, we're all here, we're going to have a good time here, blah, blah. Uh, but yeah, Marvel, Captain Marvel overall, it was average movie, really good character though. Uh, anything else with it? Or we can move on to the next thing. No, that's about it, I think. All right. Uh, what was the next one you had? I also watched Us, the new oh, Okay, Jordan so we'll talk about that one together then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I really liked it. Like, I don't know. I don't think I liked it as much as Get Out, but it was Get really... Out. What? No, I said Get Out. Yeah, that's what I said. I thought. No, I want you to Get Out. Oh, <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I so I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really interesting. I just thought that the the twist at the end of like where all the copies came from. The more I thought about it, I was like, well, that makes no physical sense whatsoever. It's really interesting, but I have no idea how he how they pulled off. Like, first off, where did like the millions of red suits come from? Where did all the scissors come from? How did they all survive on only rabbit meat for generations? But wait, you didn't you you don't buy in bulk? You just yeah. dude, you just buy in bulk. Come on, man. Get That's fair. Out. I didn't think of that. <laughs> but I don't know. Um, like they they they're, they don't really answer. They give you a lot of like, well, how did this happen? But it's more of like, I guess, the mystery around it than anything. There's no, but it does make you question. Kind of, I did question in the theater. I was kind of like, well, why? How? how? Just yeah. how. That's all I want to know. <laughs> yeah, so like other than the I guess unbelievability of everything at the end, it was still interesting. Like it was a it was an interesting fun movie. I liked watching it. And it's definitely got some interesting like society commentary going for it. Like the whole I th- I think the idea behind the two bodies sharing one soul and like all the surface dwellers were like fine, but everyone who lived underground that like lived almost the same life, but like just kind of mm, lesser were like, I think it might've been a commentary on like how you're raised changes how you develop, I guess. I don't know. It might've also been a commentary on prisons, but I'm not entirely sure. I, I'm not too sure, honestly. I never really looked into, like, full, like, um, I guess, like, uh, dissection videos where they, fully, yeah. like, give you the full thing on it. As, it's just like, like, someone that doesn't know any of that, it's hard to say. Like, it's, I don't really remember how, like, the whole thing, like, Get Out was very clear. It yeah, was quite, for sure. quite clear. Uh, this one, it, it was, yeah, definitely harder to kind of determine exactly yeah, there's a lot more. There's a lot more different ways that you can interpret what Jordan Peele probably meant with how it went, but I I don't know. I did like at the the very beginning though. It's like the hands across the world, like yeah. the, the, with the twist. Holy shit! Because I was at first like, oh, what if someone gets replaced or something? And then it was like, oh, uh, once um they kept showing her, I was starting to get the inkling of like. What if one of them's not who they say they are? And just yeah. because of the whole thing at the beginning where you see them and it shows her getting choked and, like, something happens. And I was like, maybe she gets away or something. But the whole thing she says it then is like, oh, yeah, this girl turns around and it was just like me, but it wasn't me. So I ran away. And I remember in the trailer before that, though, it shows her getting choked. 
And yeah. I was like, well, that doesn't explain something. Um, it was very... And then, like, the whole thing with her voice was freaky because, like, the other ones don't really talk. Yeah. They just kind of go like... And then you're like, okay. Uh, Which I whereas think... she... What? Uh, Daniel and I were talking about it, and we think the reason why none of them could talk or knew, like, speech was because they all grew up underground. Like, none of them knew language or whatever. Yeah. I'd believe that, honestly. Like, uh, and then the only reason she had trouble talking, like, she probably could have talked normally, but uh, she got choked out and her got her, uh, her, uh, th- her throat was pretty much damaged. Yeah. It was either that or just she hadn't actually spoken in years but i, don't I think know. it was honestly the the choking fucked up her throat maybe just the way she got like knocked out and like chained in there and stuff like that which is really crazy because then it's like well they looked to her because she was normal she was like a real person uh, and that's how she got to leading like all the other ones and it was just kind of it's fucked up though to think like oh uh you got trapped somewhere by someone that isn't you and they took the life you were supposed to have and uh, now you have to, like, you've turned into these people, basically. Uh, and now you're going around having revenge, sort of. Which also made sense, the whole thing of the hands around the world. Because the last thing she saw before she went to Santa Cruz was on TV was this hands around the world. Yeah, or hands across America or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was fucking insane. I, uh, think, I think that's where Daniel and I were, like, when we were talking about it where the idea of nature versus nurture came up because like you said the the main character woman was switched with her copy at a young age and then from then the the copy grew up like a normal person and acted like everyone else it it took time too though because she she basically took it out of her mind like she basically made herself forget her previous life. Yeah. So And then it only she only discovered it later and then that's why she smiles and she's like, "Oh, I won. Cool. I forgot I did all this shit." Yeah, that was another thing I was unclear on is whether or not she actually didn't remember or she, or I, she I just really didn't don't want think anyone did. else to know. I think she really didn't remember and then it just kind of blasted back into her because the whole thing was she was seeing a therapist and everything else when uh, she was little when they got switched. Maybe. Yeah. That's but yeah, that clearly you can see there's like a bunch of stuff that's open open to interpretation, and so yeah, we could be talking about it for a while. And it's honestly, I, I do believe though they did uh, have to, they didn't just they never learned language down there just because if it was like oh they just don't know how to t- they can't talk it's just not possible. She could talk, which means she it just took time for her to learn. That's why she yeah. never said anything when yeah. she was a little kid. Uh, yeah, that that makes perfect sense. Which, uh, one thing I do, like, all the characters, how would you say, like, all the characters are really well done. I, I love them. Like, I, I loved, like, the scene when the, the copy family first shows up, and the dad tries to, like, <laughs> that was, that was interesting. He, <laughs> that was Abraham. Yeah, but it was more like, I forget the, the original dad, like, yeah, got, I only remember the copy's name. I don't know why. Because like he was so interesting. It was just so funny that like he went outside with a bat and like it's gonna sound kind of racist, but he tried to act more. He tried black. to act. No, he tried to act street. He tried That's to act it. Greece, he tried to act yeah. more street, and it was just like, and it's like it's so clear he's like acting it up. I went to a call. I went to like a nice four year university of an X street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wasn't he wearing like a Harvard jacket? He was wearing some uh, pristine. Co- That's why I was like, okay, this dude's like, 
he had a, he had a good upbringing or something like basically he everything was fine his best friend's like this white dude who also seems very wealthy uh so it's like yeah yeah i just thought that was so funny that he goes outside and he's like hey we already went over this but uh, we called like we already called the cops and they already own they weigh and he's just like the way he like switched it up at the very end of like yeah you're very clearly trying to like lay it on thick there <laughs> the best part though is dude that's um that's umbaku yeah that too from black panther like, he's like <laughs> uh, for those that didn't realize that the the white ape the leader of like the gorilla people in black panther ape. like the big guy that's like uh I will feed you to my children. Like that. That's just kidding, the same vegetarians. person. Yeah, which is vegetarian. I just watched Black Panther again. Like, dude, he's so good in that. Like, yeah, he's that whole movie great. is great. But like, he was. They really should put good. him in Avengers Endgame since he's still yes. alive. Dude, I would actually be really excited if he plays Black Panther for like a bit because Man Ape well, has thing, been Black well, Panther I, briefly. I think though, because they only show uh, Okoye in the uh, posters. And yeah. they actually show that besides uh, T'Challa, Shuri also turned to dust. Yeah, they don't show it on screen. I'm sure there's a deleted. Scene it was or just like in in one of the trailers when the um, they're going over the piss, the people missing or whatever. It one of the faces on there was Shuri. Yeah. So who know Umbaku could be in it more. He could be that would be interesting if he took on the black. Like basically, he's an interim regent of Wakanda in the time for the time being. Who knows? Because he's basically the next. He would be the next step up. Because I doubt T'Challa's mom would take it. I think yeah, Umbaku would be the next uh, logical step more than anyone. Yeah, I could definitely uh, see him trying to take power just to like protect Wakanda. Just for the moment, yeah. He wouldn't take it from, like, because he pretty much, T'Challa earned his respect and everything else. I don't think he'd do that to him. Yeah. Uh, but, all right. So, yeah. O- overall, how would you, s- personally, I would say Us is the best movie of the year so far. Um, or second best. One of the two. Uh, we'll talk about what I might think is the best so far. I'm not sure yet. Um, but they're very different in terms of everything. But it was it was really well done. Yeah. Uh, I really did you have liked another? It. I had a couple other things. Um, so I See watched it. the the new Netflix documentary series called Our Planet, which is basically their version of National Geographic's Blue Planet or whatever. Yeah, or like everyone, like National Geographic, everyone's got their own. Yeah, ever, everyone's got one of those. And like every once in a while, I'm just in the mood for a good documentary series to like learn something new about the world. And honestly, I really enjoyed it. Like it's... I was going to say it's not too long, but it's like each episode's about an hour. There's like eight episodes or something like that. So it's a decent amount of time. But like they, what I appreciated about this series is that they did a really good job about trying to stress how it's not that each individual biome is important because of the things that only live in that biome. Like they did a good job of showing how every biome on the earth is dependent on the other for mm. like, like how the desert feeds the ocean nutrients and stuff yeah. like that. Like if we don't protect our, like the deserts, you know, our oceans are going to be fucked. And if our oceans are fucked, then, you know, the forests are going to be fucked and, you know, so on and so on. And so like they, they kind of laid on a bit thick that, you know, 
shit's going haywire right now. We need to fix this. So, like, there is a lot of doom and gloom. Like, if we don't fix this, you know, we're going to lose the coral reefs. We lose the coral reefs. We're going to lose, you know, this type of uh, animals and stuff like that. So it does kind of put some fear into you of, like, if we don't change the way we try to preserve the earth, you know, we might not have the earth as we know it for long. Like, I don't know. Like, I... Did it give like a, a link to anything? Like oh yeah, like, uh, a, a link. Liter- literally every episode. Like it, it's uh, made by the World Wi- Wildlife Foundation, I believe. Oh, so at the end of each one, they would actually have multiple links for each specific it would, area. It would literally like, tell you like if you want to know more about how to help this biome, go to this. Oh, website. that's really good. That's really smart. Yeah, I really liked that. And then there were just some, for, other than like the interesting way they presented the information. And how they really did a good job of making the world seem like one connected, like... Place, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They... There are just some really beautifully shot scenes. Like, there were literally a a few shots that I was just like, how did you get this shot? Like, it's that good. Um, Damn. And then then there's stuff like, you know, uh, there was... I think they were going over the some type of forest in Africa where there's like long story short they went over like the life cycle of like this specific cat-like thing called the, called a fossa and it lives in like this specific type of forest and they literally said like unfortunately since filming this footage nearly all of this forest has been destroyed and they showed a a, a satellite map showing before and after images of like before the footage was completed and like now and it's basically desert they said like three percent of that forest still exists and i was what ha- like, oh. what did they say how that happened like just uh, deforestation um th- oh, we, so just people fucking it up basically in, instead of sustainably uh harvesting the lumber in the area they've just been replacing the trees with like stuff that they can use for lumber so it's just like trying to look out for the in, like the lumber industries and stuff in the area instead of trying to look out for the wildlife of the area, which is sad. I mean, there was this devastatingly sad scene where it was going over the melting ice of the Arctic, and they showed a bunch of um, uh, elephant seals or wal- walruses that literally it's like they normally spread out along the ice on the shore, but because the ice is melting, there's not as much as there was before, so they have to pack in closer, and they're very territorial creatures, so they're constantly getting into fights and stuff, and some of them that don't want to deal with like sharing space with, with the others, they'll literally climb like cliffs, until they find a, a place to sit. And then they got to get down at, at some point. And they literally show the walruses just trying to, like, jump off into the water and just not making it. And just, like, crashing into the cliffs and dying. Oh, Jesus. And it was, it was so sad that I was like, we need to do something about this. Like, this is fucking sad. That, like, we're literally losing whole ecosystems like way faster than we could have imagined years ago. 
So it was it was sad but interesting and okay. still hopeful that like you know the the kids saying you know this sounds bad but nature has shown a resilience to bounce back when we give it time to and we just have to give it time to and one but of the also fun- we do what we need to yeah and like in one of the examples that they kept showing was California like there have been multiple uh, restoration. Um, Attempts for different biomes in like California, like the kelp forest and stuff like that. And Chrissy Field, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And and when we just like actually protect an area and let it regrow, shit comes back like way fast. Yeah. So it's sad and scary, but hopeful, I guess. And honestly, just beautifully shot. And there, there were a. There were so many shots that they showed of like whales and dolphins like hunting it with like actual hunting tactics that made me go like holy shit these animals are way smarter than I ever imagined. Oh damn. Okay. Like it's it's crazy. Like I I would definitely if you want to learn more about the interconnected like world that we live in, it's definitely worth a shot. I I really liked it. And then uh other than that, the only Oh, yeah, there was one more Netflix thing I started watching that I actually got all the way through. It's called Love, Death, and Robots. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch that one. I haven't, I haven't done it yet, but... Uh, yeah. It's interesting. Like, I, I thought it was, like, one whole series, but it's more a collection of short videos. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be, I would say, compared to The Animatrix. Yes, it's very, it's very it's, close. It's a lot of different shorts with different uh, styles of art, different yeah. storytelling, uh, 2D, 3D, and climate, everything. Yeah, and like some of the stories were more interesting than others, but generally I really liked the series. Like there were a few episodes that straight up blew me away. Okay. And like, like you said, there's different art styles. Like some of them tried to go with like super realistic and others tried to go with more cartoony. Some of the super realistic ones, I literally was like, is this, is this even animated? Or did they just, like, put a filter over, like, real footage? Just fuck with it's, you. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that was cool. I liked that. Um, it's it's kind of hard to talk about it as, like, a whole series because it's each episode is so varied. But, but it's, like, generally, I mean, the name kind of spells it out, like, each episode doesn't necessarily involve all three things, but it's either gonna involve some gruesome death of some sort, robots of some sort, or sex of some sort. <laughs> okay. Basically. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it, and if anything, and once uh, I do, I'll, we could talk further about it yeah. too, for sure. Uh. And then I guess the one last thing that I might want to talk about for just like a quick minute is like I started watching this new anime. Uh, I don't the anime itself isn't new. I just started watching it like yesterday. Uh, called Code Geass, which is weird. Like I've heard about it a bunch of times. I've just like no one's ever recommended it to me until now. And like I was told to watch it because it's got interesting like mech. Uh, combat, which is usually one of the things that draws me to animes. And it does have that, but like it seems like it's just a side thing. Like it's just that, like the setup is some fictional country known as Britannia, which you can kind of guess who they're based off of. Yeah. Like 
at some point in history started to expand to the rest of the world and they've just been like super effective at it and like I was really confused because I thought that the first episode said that the last remaining country to hold out resisting being taken over was Japan but now like I'm a few episodes in and it doesn't seem like it's like Japan is the last area it just like was one of the longest holdouts or whatever okay. like like Britannia isn't the whole world yet but that is their goal but it's also just weird that like they they renamed Japan to like area 11 so they call all Japanese people 11s and <laughs> and it's just like this <laughs> and like we were talking about it before we started uh recording a bit about like the main reason why I want to talk about it is that it is weirdly racist (laughs) like the Britannians are clearly supposed to be the bad guys because they're constantly being like crazy racist to anyone who's of like Japanese descent like literally like they will talk to someone who's like half Japanese as like oh you're just a half breed you're not a true Britannian or whatever like one of the characters is an honorary Britannian who like is Japanese, but has been, like, nationalized, and, like, no one likes him, apparently, because the the Japanese are like, oh, you're a sellout, and the Britannians are like, oh, you're just an 11. It's weird. Like, it's it's basically, it seems like a lot of unconscious xenophobia from Japan saying, like, everyone else in the world is assholes, I guess. I don't know. It also just might be like a, a really Japanese, not Japanese, a really anime thing to do something like that, to have like a bad guy who's so bad. But I don't know. It's interesting. I'm just, I'm more shocked by like literally it seems like one of the main themes of the series is just that like racism against Japanese. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And then also I kind of hate that the main character is like, a high school student that is like constantly like no one in high school is a, is a tactical genius yet. He's like, he seems to think that he's the smartest person in the world and I don't know. He's just incredibly arrogant and I hate arrogance. So that's annoying, but that, that, yeah, that, that's the main thing about code Geass. I wanted to get past was, it was just, I am interested by the themes of it. But yeah, that's about it for my list. I think that okay. at least if that's important. Yeah, I still have like six more. All oh right, my here God. we go. <laughs> yeah, two of the. All right, so I'll knock them out as best as I can. Uh, first up, the season two of uh, Black Lightning concluded. Uh, it was it finished honestly really strong. It's weird, like how the early CW shows, the first couple seasons or so, are really good. So it stayed consistent pretty much with the first season. Uh, it really starts uh, turning into the outsiders. Not in terms of so the whole thing is the outsiders is Batman creates like a alternate Justice League that he controls completely, and it's got members like uh, Black Lightning, Geo Force, Katana, uh, Metamorpho, and some other characters. And like there's a roster that goes in and out. There's been Nightwings controlled it. Other people controlled it over time. In uh, but Black Lightning's always been one of the main members of the team. Uh, so for Black Lightning, though, in the show, 
there have been all these things where these like uh these people were experimented on or like some form of gas or something hit them i forget what it was but basically they were called the green light babies or like they took a drug and uh they were basically put into the stasis for like 30 years and some of them like basically have gotten out over time others died in stasis uh there's like four main ones i want to say three are bad uh just because they work for like tobias the main antagonist and one's like this younger girl that's so far good uh but the main thing is the country markovia has been trying to steal them and like steal the doctors in charge and everything one of which is black lightning's wife and the whole thing with Markovia is Markovia is like an, a fictional European country in the DC world, and one of the main characters from it is one of the pretty much their one of their leaders. His name is Geoforce, who is a member of the Outsiders, and he can kind of control like uh, Geoforce. Like he, he's, uh, I think he controls. He's his his sister is Terra. That makes sense. So they're very like rock controlling kind of stuff like that, earthy heroes slash villains, I guess. And the whole thing is, like, the Markovians are in a, a cold war with the U.S. over these supers, basically, and they want to take their powers from themselves and manufacture it on their own end, take all the existing ones and make them fight for them, all that kind of stuff. So the way it ends, like, is uh, it's leading up to that kind of thing. But two members of the Outsiders over time are his daughters, uh, Thunder and... L I think her name's Lightning? I think it's basically Thunder and Lightning, I want to say. And so... They both have their own powers and costumes at this point, and they, all three of them are becoming like a, well, two of them are becoming a team, the, the youngest one is like getting into it now. And so it's like sort of all these members who have been in the Outsiders, at least in the comics, and then Markovia, I don't know if Geoforce would be in this, but then he's another member, and an, actually another member of the Outsiders is this girl named Grace, and she's like the love interest of Thunder in the comics, and she's in the show as well. So there's all these characters that are from the Outsiders that are kind of showing themselves. So it's it's interesting because the whole thing with Black Lightning, it's been a very just in their city type deal, uh, dealing with the crime there, the crime lords there, like beefs that have been very old because like the main antagonist is the guy that killed like Black Lightning's dad, and all the experimentation made him like ageless pretty much. And, like, the problem with him gets solved, or at least you think it's solved pretty much by the end of the season, along with, like, other problems that have been solved throughout seasons one and two. And so you're like, cool, we've saved our city and stuff, and all of a sudden, like, this dude that's been secret agent the whole time is like, well, now it's time for the Markovian Wars have begun. And you're like, what? <laughs> so, like, it, it seems like it's going now into a more global style, where it, it is becoming more of, like, a show that could incorporate the Outsiders as Black Lightning as the leader or something like that. So it's, it's, that's more of Lee when I wanted to talk about it, because it's just an interesting state that they're taking with it. Uh, besides the fact that, it, like, of all the DC CW shows, like, it's just this in Legends I watch now. But with Arrow ending, uh, with that announcement, I'm thinking either I might actually just binge all of the DC shows I've been missing, and just say fuck it and just watch them all, and since one of them's gonna end. Or possibly they could go to the DC on, uh, Universe streaming app and I just stream there. Either way, I'm, th I'm looking into like watching those all the way again and like Supernatural catch up as well since that's easy. Now that they're ending, I'm like kind of, I'm like, maybe I should just wait till the end and then just, just knock them all out. Maybe we'll see. And then uh, next show was The Gifted that also ended. Uh, that is the X-Men or like mutant show 
on Fox, and they pretty much, uh, it was really well done. I really like the way it, they go through everything. Like, they're not afraid to kill off characters in this show. Uh, there's certain ones that you kind of can tell are really main, so they're going to be okay, but certain side characters that you feel are somewhat main can get killed off. Like, uh, one interesting thing was, remember um, Bill from True Blood? Yeah. So he plays the Strucker twins' father, and he eventually gets powers because, like, his were dormant the whole time or, like, uh, repressed. And they end up killing him, though, and he basically kills, like, the antagonist of season two uh, at the very end. But they both die. And then, like, another character, Blink, gets killed, but she comes back with all this, like, future shit where she's like, hey, guys, you have to come with me. We need your help. And it's like, well, what the fuck's happening? And it's just interesting how the party of the main characters constantly switch. Uh, where you kind of see the way it started off in the beginning to where who's in the main group now. And like I said before, the show's really just, well, I like I like it because it's very depthful with how the world is. Like, you have different factions. You have the Purifiers. Uh, you have the, I think their names are the Purifiers. Yeah, you have the Purifiers. You have the Morlocks. You have, like, the, the Inner Circle, which are, like, the Bad Mutants. You have the... Um, Mutant Underground, which are, like, the good ones that are actually trying to help people the, everywhere, whereas, like, the Morlocks just kind of help their own only. And then, you have, yeah, I said the Purifiers, and then you have the actual law that does shit as well, and then you have Sentinel Services, which is another one. So there's, like, all these different factions, sub-factions, and all this stuff, like I said. And it's just... They really know how to orchestrate it really well, and then, like, when one kind of gets less important, you just kind of eliminate them. And, yeah, it's just... It's been a, a well-done show. I really look forward to Season 3. And it seems like they might do some kind of Days of Future Past style stuff with time travel. So I'm pretty interested in how that's going to go. Cool. All right. Now that's done. Uh, now I just got some movies and shows and stuff. All right. Uh, Alita Battle Angel. So I uh, saw that. I yeah, that was to like see the that. I saw that like right after we recorded our last uh, podcast episode that long ago. It's really, really good. So I'd say this is probably my number three movie of the year right now. Uh, it's based off of an anime and manga that I've never seen before, so coming in fresh, I just, in terms of the aesthetic, the design, the story, it was just really well done. It's just a fun world with a lot going on. Uh, the oh, the reason I think it did so well was because it was produced by James Cameron, mm. and then he actually chose Robert Rodriguez to direct it. So you have like kind of a lot of his characters or is his like actors and actresses showing up uh with some like it felt like it was a weird blend of like you have some mexican character like mexican uh actors actresses with like a japanese anime and the combination was just kind of surreal the way they pulled it off but like i mean you don't really get it's an anime but you don't really have that many japanese characters in it now i think about it it's pretty much like a lot of the characters are pretty much just white uh, for the most part, and then, like, there's, you know, it's kind of this, like, America, it's mainly white, and then there's, like, a couple black characters, a couple uh, Asian characters, and then some Mexican characters, but the Mexican ones really kind of stand out there, and, uh, it just, you really care about kind of what's going on in terms of, like, the, I'd say, Alita herself, or at least I did, I actually now think about it, maybe not a lot of people didn't care, but, at least for me, it was the. I think it was the way they did her voice. It felt so emotional 
Because, you know, she looks like a robot girl, but she still sort of looks semi-human a little bit, even though she's a robot. Uh, but the, I think the, the main her, thing is her, like, eyes are way larger than most people's. Yeah. But her voice actress, or, like, uh, I think it was Rosario Salazar. I forget. But her the girl that basically plays her and also voices her, basically, like, does everything, uh, just did a really, really good job in terms of emotion that you probably couldn't see otherwise. And... Like, Christopher Waltz did a really good job, and it's just a good blend of, it felt like, kind of the anime fantasy style with, uh, I guess, like, live action. So in terms of, like, I guess if you ever wanted to say, like, uh, manga that becomes a show or becomes a movie that becomes live action, this is probably the best I've seen so far. Besides, like, Speed Racer, if you count that. (laughs) I was going to say, that wouldn't be hard to make a better than what there is right now you know but i mean like it's actually good yeah like it was it was really well done uh i mean the best we have right now before battle angel was like attack on titan and uh, uh, full metal alchemist neither of which had good live action movies at all yeah no yeah no it was pretty terrible uh but yeah yeah you you did point out speed racer though that one was at least interesting <laughs> i mean it on uh, uh, it's a very it's a cult classic at this point it's mm-hmm. it's really well done it should have gotten a lot more appreciation for what it was able to pull off uh yeah so that movie gonna have for sure have a sequel most likely i think it did well in the box office i hope to see another one like this is a movie i'd love to see a sequel for because it just it's not really a, the craziest of worlds but for kind of what they did it was really interesting because it's like this whole thing where it's like oh it's a city in a in a place where it's a post-war and there's another city above of like wealthy people or something and their war is fought like there and in space and all this stuff but you don't know too much about it and neither does the main character and you're both basically finding out together through her memories that she kind of unlocks again and that was probably one of the most that's probably like the defining run of the movie i'd say it was like that and her kind of like breakdown from innocence as she becomes more familiar with how the world is basically Mm-hmm. But yeah, I uh, really liked it. Whew. Next up is I Saw Shazam. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, so Shazam. I was surprised that I, when I watched it, I was like, I really liked it. Uh, I don't know if my friends are going to like it. And then they all really liked it, and I was so shocked. I was like, huh. I thought they would have hated it. I don't know why, but I thought everyone else would hate this. But everyone loved it. Everyone really liked this movie. And personally for me, at first, I had to think about it for a while because like my scores were fluctuating with it and everything. It does a lot of dark and light. And at first, I was like, I don't know what its defining role, though, is. Is it a dark movie or is it a light movie? It doesn't make up its mind. It's very conflicting. And then I really kind of thought where the dark came from and where the light came from. And, like, the light comes from the children in the movie. Like, the kids that are in it and their innocence and they're kind of taking in these powers. And the very... The innocence of it all really brings out the light. Whereas the... And also, there's, it, it's a very, very wacky movie, to say the least. Whereas the dark part comes really from the villain and his background and how he comes to be and really kind of like the tragedy behind the main character. Yeah, the... the you alright? You're looking around like uh, there's something. I thought I... sounds like someone's walking above me, but I don't know. 
Okay. Uh, but yeah, so like the the dark and light kind of once you figure out where it comes from, it actually does make a lot of sense because it the transitions between them are actually really well done. Where something might happen that's really funny and just kind of goofy, and they'll switch to something that's just like completely different tone, but the transition is very smooth because like maybe they'll switch between the the hero and the villain. Or you kind of see the overarching thing with the hero. I'll say it like... The whole tragedy with Billy is he's looking for his mom. So, like, that's the... Kind of, like, the more real... Like, so his mom's realistic... Not, is he... His are parents both? aren't dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, the whole thing is, like, his dad's in prison uh, since he was a little kid. And his mom was, like, really young when she had him. And they got lot, they got separated and never were able to find each other. So he's mm. basically trying to track her down this whole time. And then okay. he gets like uh, put into a new home, and it's like the two, the two, the the family with all the kids. That's it's basically very much like the New Fifty Two uh, Captain Marvel comic, where he gets put. It's kind of like a reboot for Captain Marvel. Where he gets put into the home with all the different kids, and it's like literally. It's funny because it's like one of each. You have. Uh, it's you have uh, Billy, Mary, Marvel, Billy, Mary, and Freddie are like all the little white kids, kind of because they were like the white kids from previous comics. Like they're pre, they they've been around in the comics for a very long time. Where you have uh, Eugene, I think Darla and I forget the Latin kid's name. Basically, you have Eugene, who's an Asian kid. Darla is a black girl. And I forget the Latin kid's name, but there's, like, a Latin boy who's a little bit heavier. Uh, and you have, like, oh, basically a full, like, representation there. And it's just kind of funny the way they have it. And it's just like, oh, it's a little nice family wonderland. And Billy doesn't give two shits about this family in the in the comics or the movies. But throughout the movie, kind of, like, he grows closer and starts to care. And also, like, he learns things about his mom and stuff like that. And piece by piece, it's like kind of his coming of, his coming of uh, letting people in and kind of becoming a family. Because the whole thing is like it's a boy who runs from families to find the one family he actually wants. So in the end, he kind of screws it up with all the other ones. And uh, it's the full basically story of like he's finding his family. And the reason also this this movie is very unique compared to any other MCU and DC movies because this one has children as superheroes. Whereas other ones, I mean, it's all these grown people. I count Spider-Man, but... That's animated. Uh, but no, I mean, I'd, I'd agree with that. Tom Holland's only in, like, high school. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, at least he's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... Yeah. Yeah. That would be the yeah. only closest one I could think of. Yeah, it's the closest, I'd say. This one's more... Because it's different, though, in this one, because Spider-Man... What, how old is Peter in that one? Like, 15, 16, probably? Something like that. They weren't... Yeah. They weren't specific, but he's high school age. Yeah. Billy and Freddy are, like, 14. And then, yeah, like, uh, like, the other kids... Younger. Billy, yeah. And then the other kids are various ages. Like, Darla's youngest. She's, like, a little 10-year-old girl, maybe. Uh, about that age or something like that. And Mary's, like, the oldest at, like, 17, I think. And they all... Like, the whole thing is Billy is... He gets the powers. And people are like, why does he act more like a kid when he's an adult than he is when he's a kid? 
That was and my they, issue with the trailers. And yeah, and I was like, it was when uh, when I, I forget who told who someone else was saying that to me. It was like, yeah, he's like uh, he acts more like a kid when he's a superhero than he does when he's an actual kid. And I was like, it's kind of obvious though. And the whole thing is. Billy's background is he's running his whole life. He's on his own his whole life. He doesn't, he can't afford to be a regular kid because he's trying to survive. He won't let anyone in. He's very much enclosed. He is so used to the real world at this point. And like, you even see it, he like dupes cops. He does all this shit. So you see him, he's, he's grown up faster than normal kids would because he's closed himself off and just kind of everything he's gone through as a foster kid and also as a runaway. Uh, whereas when he gets the superpowers, it's his first real introduction to some form of innocence where it's something he doesn't know and it's something new to him completely, where he feels so... Even though he has so many powers, he doesn't know what every, anything is. It's a completely new world to him, and he doesn't know what to do, so he's really excited as well. And it's like... Uh, how to describe it? It's like... When you're so used to everything as a kid, and you're just kind of like, everything feels like emotion to you, and then you go to Disneyland for the first time, and you truly feel like a kid again. You feel like a kid because you're just running around doing all the Disneyland shit. It's like that, basically, I'd say. Um, it, it, it makes it so it makes a lot of sense. Because uh, in one of them, Billy's in his element, ironic, and in the other one, he's not. Uh, but that's that's how I describe it. Uh, well, in terms of like that makes the villain, because yeah. like I mean, even even like full grown adults can act like little kids when like something from their youth like makes them remember being a kid. Like, dude, Godzilla, <laughs> Godzilla for you, uh, like Star Wars for so many people, like immediately brings them back to tears because like it's just what you love, you know. So like. Like, that makes some sense, what you're trying to say here, that, like, Billy having, like, the first chance to actually let loose yeah. acts like a kid. And it's, the way they have him as uh, Captain Marvel is just so fucking good. Like, it's Did it's they ever very... call him Captain Marvel, or did they just call him Shazam nope. the whole time? they just call him, uh, they don't even know, they call him Mr. Captain Sparklefingers. <laughs> um, I'm not even joking. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like, oh, you have lightning powers. Because the whole thing is Freddy's like a, a superhero superhero enthusiast. He's like a, a bullet I, that hits Superman's yeah, chest. He I do like the that. Batarangs. I, oh, no, he has a battering replica, I think. Uh, yeah. Either way, I, I, I like that idea that like, yeah, you know, kids in our world, you know, the real world, we actually idolize superheroes and stuff, and they don't even exist for us. So in a world where superheroes literally do exist, you could literally buy, like, you know, bullets that have hit Batman or Superman. You know? Yeah. People would pick that shit up off of the ground and, like, sell that shit on eBay. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because this movie has more swearing than any MCU DC movie I've seen so far. Yeah. But I think it's also, it's all the kids. It's uh. all the kids doing it. And I'm like, actually, that's very accurate now that I think about it. And it actually made so much sense. I like, at one point, I think one of them is just like, he's looking around, he's just like, shit. It's <laughs> like, awesome. it, it just, it, it, it fit very well. Um, it, I would say, honestly, DC's in a really good place now, or they're getting into a very more secure place because Aquaman and Sh uh, Shazam back to back have been really good. 
and we'll talk more about like their news and stuff later on but i think they're kind of figuring out how to get done what they need to i will also say like uh the movie itself pretty much gives you a sequel at the end like you know there's gonna be a sequel the villain is also gonna be the most ridiculous the, the most yeah the most ridiculous villain in any superhero movie i would say so far dr zivana no dr savannah's in the first one I, he's gonna definitely oh, you mean I think the, he's gonna who's gonna be in the next one yeah okay um i don't know if you want to know or not i could care yeah I'm, I'm fine with it it's gonna be mr mind do you know I mr mind know. i don't even know he who is, is a little caterpillar worm guy with a voice box who's like i talk like this i'm mr mind huh yeah that's interesting so yeah the next movie will be mr mind and he's gonna have dr savannah with him uh but mr mind's like in charge and he's gonna want to take control of the magic lands which are like uh the whole thing is like it's supposed to be seven wizards and seven realms and each land is a realm like there's the the wild lands which is like animals that are like act like people and shit there's like the fun lands which is like all these kids that never grow up it's like neverland practically uh, there's all these other ones. The crazy thing about the sequel is it's going to be the current, uh, the Shazam comic right now, the new series that Jeff Johns is doing, that is basically the sequel movie already. Like, they pretty much already practically guaranteed it. So everything that's happening in that comic is what the second movie is going to be about, which is huh. really cool. Just kind of like I'm reading it as it's happening. I'm like, oh boy, this is going to happen for like some years, but still it's going to be fun when this all, all this comes to fruition. Is, uh, is, like, The Rock still scheduled to be Black Adam at some point? Yeah, we just don't know when. He do, they don't show a hinder tale of him. Um, they might have hinted at him as, like, the previous champion, but I'm not really sure exactly. Because hmm. uh, they're, like, one champion kind of fucked a bunch of shit up, and I'm like, maybe that's Black Adam. I'm not really sure exactly. Uh, but... The whole thing is, like, the second movie will probably also have them find the seventh champion, because the whole thing is there's only six kids, and there's supposed to be seven. I'm thinking it's probably going to be the tiger. There's a tiger, and I think it's going to be the tiger. In the in the comics, in, the t- in both, in the Wildlands, there's a talking tiger who's very civilized, so I'm thinking he's going to be basically <laughs> it's gonna be like six kids and a tiger man. <laughs> I'm really hoping, at least. But all right, uh... Highly recommended. Go see it. It's really, really good. Like, there's a lot of... There's so much heart in this movie. I'm not even, like... uh, There's a lot of heart in this movie. And it's very, very comic true, I would say. Not fully, but it does a really good job of staying in line with that. If you you hear about something like that. Alright. Next up. uh, These will be a little bit easier. Uh, Dark Knight Trilogy I just saw again in theaters. Uh, it was an IMAX for the anniversary. It was like 70 millimeter, all three of them. I will say those were probably the most enjoyable. Uh, okay, the first time I saw Dark Knight Rises was probably the most enjoyable. But that was my f- most enjoyable time watching Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. I think because I was a lot younger watching both of those. And even though I watched them later on, like I was still... I don't know, I think I know a lot more now than I did then. So it, I understood a lot of things more as like a film and just kind of the way they went with the characters and the tones each one had. Uh, those movies, for sure, still for me, are like the best superhero trilogy. Like they're, the be- they're not even similar to anything else, but they're just the best still 
to me in my eyes Honestly? and it, it's it's hard to say differently because like i mean it's like when you look at it all you're like all the mcu movies a lot of the dc ones these are they're like blockbusters or like stuff these are actual films yeah that's what i, what I was gonna say it was like you could literally almost forget that they're batman movies yeah because they're just good action movies on top of being good batman movies and they're just they're quality films of like really good caliber in terms of just writing everything everything's just really well done you're like, Dude, like how did the fact later, that dark knight the, never got best like uh, best movie like it's just so despicable i guess you could say like, and i cracked up because they have a they have a small q a with uh, nolan and it's like the whole thing like uh yeah, your your movies opened up now. You guys couldn't, but you now have super movies are able to be nominated for the for like best picture and things like that. And he's like, "Great. Well, I guess that's a constellation prize." <laughs> <laughs> it was like it's hella true. I'm like, that's why I was like when Black Panther was coming out. I was like, "Fuck, that should not get if the, the, this gets it over Dark Knight." I'm just kind of kind of peeved it's it's like come on dude no come and on. I still find it crazy that like even years later, like the sound or the the soundtrack for that movie is still oh, like God, in my so head. fucking all three of them had great set. Dark Knight Rises though is just like oh god Bane's music and like the ishi ishi basala basala yeah. da, 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 and it's like da, 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 and it's oh my god it's so fucking good those movies are so good they're they're just if you if anyone's never seen those movies, I would just say stop watching whatever fucking comic book movie, comic book show you're watching right now. Throw it in the trash. Just throw, throw it right in the garbage. Burn it and just go buy the Dark Knight trilogy on Blu-ray and go fucking watch it because that shit is fucking great. Yeah, like as much as I love Iron Man, I Ooh. like the Iron Man trilogy doesn't even come close to the Batman trilogy. I mean, not nah, it's like yeah, because those ones are just kind of there. Like Iron Man One holds up really well. Yeah, Iron Man Two does not. Iron yeah. Man Three, everyone gets angry about a dude not being Asian, and then that's about it. Well, it's more. Uh, there's a bit of that, but it's more just that like the Mandarin is such a cool villain, despite I know, being you, kind hey, of racist. Hey. <laughs> he is my favorite orange, I know, but like yeah. we just can't, just, we can't make everyone happy. All right? but it's, it's just like, I think it was more people were like, holy shit, they're actually doing the Mandarin, and then they're like, psych! <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, but it's just like, in Iron Man and Batman are very similar heroes, not in so much in like origins, but just like, they're both very rich. I'm rich. And, and they both build their suits and their techs and are generally prepared for whatever situation they find themselves in because they prepare well, so much. Batman's I would much argue that one without a suit is more powerful and more adept than one with... Batman has a suit. No, I know. I'm saying if without their suits, oh, one of yeah, them no, would for clearly sure. be much more. No, I see. I see what exactly you mean. What he's ba- doing. Yeah. No, Batman could or Bruce Wayne could fuck up Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, it's anything. Batman would just be like EMP and Iron Man's like, oh, yeah. it's like it's done. Like, yeah. there's literally like, granted, it's been a while since I've read a Batman comic, but there was like a long time ago I read a comic where he it literally just like there was a couple panels where he was like benching, and like. I bench myself, so I know how much weight he was do- using, and he was using like twice as much weight as I do at least. And I was like, "Bro, I never seen Iron Man work out once." You know what I'm saying? I was, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. I'm literally like, <laughs> "Holy fuck, Batman is strong." 
Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's fucking bad. It's, it's straight up. It was like, I thought about it. I was looking back at 2012 in my mind, and I'm like, Avengers and Dark Knight Rises came out that year. And I remember seeing Avengers, and I'm like, oh boy, all six of these characters, well, really, no one cares about two of them. Four of these characters are coming together. <laughs> and, because uh, I remember back then, like, you're just kind of like, yeah, Black Widow's gonna be an alright, Hawkeye, alright. It's like, yo, we get Cap, Thor, Iron Man, and Hulk in the same fucking movie. That's gonna be crazy. And we finally see it and it's like really crazy and all this stuff and we're like wow it's like what was the best part they come together what about that they come together anything else they come together and then uh you watch dark Knight rises and it's like how many heroes are in this one batman who do you need batman 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 this is batman it's, you could yeah, maybe count also count like catwoman but well yeah well that's eh. yeah it's catwoman catwoman's great i love Anne hathaway so much she was she was great in that role like i crack up because it's like uh uh, one of the funniest shit is, like, isn't it hard to move around with these heels? And she basically just fucking pins him to the wall with them, and I'm like, oh, I guess not. Yep. <laughs> like, he says that in the movie. I crack up, too, because it's funny the way they show her in it, because I love the way in Hathaway's, like, acts very innocent, and then when she gets found out, she's just like, whoops. Yeah, no, she <laughs> is, like, such a great Selena Kyle. She's so fucking good. And then, like... I crack up when she goes to prison, and they even, they joke about it in the movie, like, they know in the movie, too, they're like, will she be okay in here? It's like, a sh- it's like, co like, there's all these guys, and, like, the big dude's like, hey, honey, blah, blah. and she just grabs his hands and does, like, yeah. a flip, and, like, basically fucks up his hands, and he's like, ah, and then, with, like, they don't even stop her, like, they literally, like, this woman just did a flip inside of a prison walking through, and they're just like, she'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so fucking funny. I was like, this is great. Like, um, I love when she gives Batman the slip on the rooftop, and he's like, huh. That's what feels like. <laughs> yeah. Also, I noticed the voice sort of deteriorates through every movie. Like, in Batman Begins, it's a very clear voice, and then by three, you're just kind of like, ah. <laughs> ah. Where's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, this is fucking great. Was, yeah. And then, dude, I know people say, like, Heath Ledger, all right, I always tell them, Dark Knight is the best film there. It's the best quality. It's the top film. Dark Knight Rises is my favorite. Joker is the best, like, he's the, like, Heath Ledger does the best acting as a villain. Tom Hardy as Bane is my favorite. But that's also, I, I just have always, since the comics too, I've always liked Bane more, but also just like, the way he portrays him, it's just, dude, for years, it, it's been 2012, and I'm still just like, oh yes, of course, I was wondering what would break fast. It's like that kind of, it's just so fucking good. So fucking good. I love those movies so much. Dark Knight Rises is still, for sure, my top five, easily. No problem. It, of Movies of all time. I just love that movie. Okay, alright, last one. I re I finished rewatching all of Game of Thrones uh, before season seven, eight. I mean, and um, honestly, they still hold up really well. This will be very brief because it's more just like yeah, they hold up really well. Uh, each time I watch them, there's less and less I notice because I think at this point I just noticed all of it. Uh, I think this is my third watch through of it all, and. A lot of people always forget names of characters, and I'm, I'm surprised by, like, every single character I've seen that talks and, like, does all this stuff. I'm like, I know his name. I know his name. That's his name. No problem. Easy, easy, easy. Every time. And people still don't even remember people's names in the show, but I think it's only because I'm so used to memorizing all the names in the books that the show's, like, easy mode, if anything. 
because you're you're you only have to deal with like a third of the amount of characters if anything and so you don't have to deal with like you deal with like half the tyrells you deal with like a quarter of the martels and all this other shit um overall like looking back now i think season four is the best season of them all i think i want to say season four is really like the best season five is probably the weakest uh but that's only because dorn literally fucked it all up for the whole thing uh it just kind of made it less of a thing uh hard home and watchers on the wall are probably tied for best episode i'd say um but yeah, that's that's all I got on those. Uh, that's all I wanted to really say. I would have said Game of Thrones, season eight, episode one. It came out and I watched it, and I really want to talk about it. But someone here did not watch it yet. They don't have HBO yet for some reason because yeah, the hell well, they're doing with their lives. To be fair, but, I've never had HBO. I've maybe how, James. How is this my problem? I don't understand what this has to do know. with me not talking about it. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. So James I'm is gonna, gonna James is gonna watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna and, get myself a subscription somehow, and because like I'm honestly Game of Thrones. The last season of Game of Thrones is worth it. I, I think it's like I got to be part like, of this conversation. Yeah. And it's paying for like a month or two tops. Yeah. What I think also too, dude, like watch it before season the episode second episode. So then, uh, once you watch the second episode, you watch both of them. We could just talk about both of them together in the next episode we record. That sounds good. All right, that'll be perfect because then we could just go on a full breakdown. We'll have a lot more time to talk about them too, just because we won't have all this shit to talk about that we have been talking about this whole time. Like I won't have a giant buildup of movies and shows, and yeah. news and stuff. Which now we could finally get to the news. That's right, over an hour, and it's just been talking about what we have watched. Cool. <laughs> All right, we're going to go through this actually pretty fast. Uh, we'll start off with the DC news. Um, that Some of it's pretty old, new, whatever. Uh, James Gunn is returning to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, it's just funny. Uh, and then he's still going to direct Suicide Squad 2 before that. And in terms of Suicide Squad 2, Margot Robbie's coming back as Harley Quinn. Uh, there's rumors of basically the people that acted for Boomerang, for... Uh, Amanda Waller will also be coming back. Will Smith, Mary, I'm not still. I'm still not sure if he's coming back or not as Deadshot. I, and I've then Idris no. Elba. I, okay, I, I thought that they were going to replace him with Idris Elba, but I don't know. I think they're not going to, and Idris Elba is going to play a new character. And then also that um, Dave Batista might end up going in as well as a new character too, just because he's been like basically on the James Gunn camp for like ever since the whole ordeal. So I'm pretty sure he'll be in Suicide Squad 2, if anything. Wait, I'm confused. I thought that the Suicide Squad 2 movie was just going to be like a straight-up reboot at this point. So it's a spiritual reboot where they're kind of like sort of starting over, but not. It's like kind of like uh, forget the last one, pretty much. There'll <laughs> still be characters from the last one, but this is a think of it as its own thing. Think okay. of it separately. Because I think it's being called The Suicide Squad. Or something like that. I forget. But, That's I don't know, James Gunn's doing it. It's, it's All I know is it doesn't have too much to beat, but it no. should still do a lot better, if anything. Well, that's, that's, that was what was so disappointing for me about Suicide Squad. Like, and, like, granted, I haven't ever read much of the comics, but I know the idea of it. And, like, it could have been a really cool movie. They just didn't do, it, like, a very good job with it at all. 
Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. So it is uh, the Suicide Squad. I was just looking into it really fast. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, the Flash has a new team writing for it, uh, for a new script, one of which is Ezra Miller. Ah, really? But here's why I'm excited. The if, other if writer, people don't know, that's the guy who is, plays the Flash. Yeah. The other writer is that's co-writing Grant Morrison. Ooh, okay then. For those that don't know, Grant Morrison did the amazing six-year run of Batman in the comics. He's the one that basically did Final Crisis. He did All-Star Superman. He's done that crazy Arkham Asylum book. He's done so much good... He did the fucking Multiversity book. Uh, He's really, really crazy what he writes. Uh, I would say that I had to read... Final Crisis and Batman R.A.P. like three times to understand them. He's a very, I don't want to say psychedelic. It almost feels like he's on acid when he's writing this shit. But I think he actually is now I think about it. I'm not really sure. He's a a Scottish writer who's just really fucking good. And his Batman run is what got me into really reading comics. Without him, I probably would not. I might be in comics now, but it might have started way later than I actually did. Like, he did a really fucking good job. And if he's writing this, like, I have high hopes. Uh, just because... Well, I hope his script gets fucking picked, because it, the, this Flash movie's been going through so much... Like, of all the DC movies uh, that they've been trying to work on, like... They never really confirmed, like, a Man of Steel 2 and a Batman movie and stuff like that. Uh, Cyborg, they kind of just, I guess, pushed to the side for now. Green Lantern Corps, we know it's... Ex- like, it's going to be a buddy cop lethal weapon in space, practically. And, uh, but it'll come later. The Flash has been the only one that's been, like, a really weird limbo, where it's, like, it's supposed to be the one coming before all the others, but it's been getting so much, like, it's become such so much of a mess. It's basically, the- like, gone through several, like, directors, it, at least a couple writers. It's, like, one of the three main ones. It's, like, this... Uncharted and Gambit have been like the three having so much freaking trouble with everything. Uh, this was basically Warner Brothers movie that's been having the trouble though. Uh, so we'll see how good that happen. What happens with that? I'd really uh, like couple- to see a good Flash movie. I like the Flash. Uh, last two pieces. Uh, the Batman movie was rumored to be. It's uh, most likely set in the nineties, and it's still gonna be like a full noir. Uh, movie de- de- noir detective movie and it's set possibly set in the 90s which i'm like oh yeah there you go. investigate the blockbuster here we go uh, i would do the fucking i just i'm like I, I would love a 90s batman honestly just because that sounds ridiculous but also gives them a chance to do a younger bruce wayne it just uh, makes I, me think of the 90s cartoon which was like one of the best yeah and we don't i don't know if this because the way he's been talking about it at first like before everything else like Oh, this will be like sort of like a. It'll be in the DC EU and everything, part of the that world. But this now that it's in the '90s makes you think like, will it still be? Either it's a prequel or like a, fla- a flashback movie, or it's a. It's like the Joker movie that we'll be talking about in a second. Uh, it's like its own thing. It's standalone. It's not in the DC EU. It's it's a uh, just a one shot movie that it's in its own little world, kind of like basically the Nolan. Dark Knight movies, but I th- I think it's going to be like a more of a prequel movie. And uh, the rumored villain, too, is the Penguin, which would be really interesting. Uh, 
just because crime noir and stuff. Uh, the Penguin's like a crime lord and all this other things. Like, if they do it not like Batman Returns and more like, oh, it's Penguin the crime lord, not Penguin the sewer man, fucking <laughs> Danny DeVito. There's like a mutant running There's from air. Robot penguins. Yeah, I think it could be well done. Uh, and it's also the director's done really good with the Planet of the Apes movies and shit. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. And then last was the Joker trailer came out for the Joaquin Phoenix movie, and it looks really fucking good. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I'm cautiously optimistic at this point, because, like, I really, I like the Joker as a character. I think he's really interesting. My two fears about this movie is that, well, one, I'm not, like, a huge fan of, like, the opera clown makeup. I don't know. It could be worse, but whatever. Uh, And then the other thing is, like, as much as I love the idea of, like, the one really bad day storyline where, because that seems to be what they're going for is, like, you know, any, any person could snap and go, like, insane like the Joker if you just have, like, one truly soul-crushing day. And... That's been one of the interesting, like, reoccurring storylines with the Joker, because, like, they've retold his story over the years, because supposedly he doesn't even remember how he got to be how he is, and stuff like that. But my problem with doing that for a movie is how do you make him a sympathetic protagonist after he's, like, gruesomely murdered a few people? Like... That I am worried that they're going to lose the audience once he makes that switch. But I am interested in seeing that ride, I guess. But, like, at the same I time... Think it's gonna, I mean, I think the build-up is going to be so large to where you're seeing all the shit goes through when he finally snaps the... Like, straight up, I think when he snaps the audience, it's just going to be like, oh... And then it just starts. Maybe. And everyone just it's like basically the reaction to the actions he then takes throughout the rest of the movie i think the only other thing that i was a little confused on was like they also seem to show some at some point in the movie people start to like follow him like he's some sort of leader like obviously i don't think he would actually be literally leading them but like you saw people with like joker masks and stuff yeah and i was just like how does that even happen Dude, only one way to find out. And yeah. It's like the whole thing. It's like an 80s crime drama. This is going to be really, really interesting. And, life. like, that's the thing. It's like I I had zero interest in this movie until the first trailer because I was like, there's no way they can make it look good. And then the first I trailer. I mean, I th- honestly, right when they said Joaquin Phoenix, I was like, okay, they're really trying. Like, because, dude, that's a very big name actor that doesn't usually that's do true. Like That's true. Like, there were, like, a few shots in the trailer that literally made me go, like, holy shit, he's acting his ass off here. Like, the scene... Where he, like, I like that they set up him saying, like, you know, my mom always tells me to just, you know, no matter how I'm feeling, just put a smile on or whatever. And he's, it looks like he's constantly trying. And there's that yeah. scene where he's sitting down in front of the mirror with, like, the, the whole clown makeup on. And he's, like, literally trying to force a smile on his face with his fingers. And he just, like, literally can't do it. And, and then like, he does it to Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and then he does it to that kid, maybe, and I'm like, oh, that's a really interesting... Dude, that was Bruce Wayne, dude. That's what people have been theorizing, and then, like... Well, the whole thing is, Thomas Wayne's alive. He's a he's a character in it. Is he? Yeah, someone... Ca- I forget who casted him, but someone casted a... I forget which character... I think it's... Not Robert De Niro. I forget. Someone's Someone was casted as Bruce Wayne, 
I mean, as Thomas Wayne. So there's an actual, uh, like, Thomas Wayne is a character in the movie, I think a side character. I'm not sure if he's, like, good or bad, quote-unquote. But Bruce is just a child in it. And my theory is that somehow he will be, in this story, in this Elseworld alternate universe, Joker is the one that kills Bruce Wayne's parents. That is honestly my prediction. I think that will happen. Didn't they... Am I crazy, or did they do that for the Jack Nicholson Joker movie? They did that for the Jack Nicholson Joker, but we're also going to... That, that, that never happened. Don't worry about it. Shut up. Hello? That was never real. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, don't, we don't talk about <laughs> that one. Tim Burton, you crazy... I forget, my friend told me he looked into it. He's like, Tim Burton never read the... He never read anything. He just went and did this based off of nothing. And I was like, oh, that makes so much yeah, sense. Yeah, that explains a lot of things. Oh, God, fucking Tim Burton. Who give you anything? It was like, you know, people wanted to see a Superman movie. I don't think I did. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I did. Yeah, yeah sorry. The thing was lagging again. Yeah. But okay. Yeah, literally, um, I'm thinking of Joel Schumacher. He was the one that literally put like Batman and Robin. neon paint on every set. <laughs> Fucking bat nipples and shit. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, next up is Marvel News. We'll go through that really fast. Uh, the Black Widow casting. I think these were all rumors. I don't think they made anything official. But Black Widow is, uh, uh, might be filming soon. David Harbour was cast in it along with... Um, I forget her name. Shit. The, like an, basically a, a antagonist spy. Someone was cast as an antagonist spy. I'm actually probably not going to be able to find it, I'll be honest. But the whole point is, basically, there's been casting for Black Widow movie, and filming might start soon. Alright. I don't know if it'll be a prequel or a current movie. I'm not really sure. If anything, it'll just be like, oh, her past is coming back because she used to be a Russian agent and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they tried to go into her backstory a little bit in Age of Ultron, but not, not as much as I'd like. Yeah. And then uh, there's some possibly... Uh, casting for the Eternals, uh, Angelina Jolie and um, damn, I can't remember these fucking people's names. Uh, shit. Yeah, I don't remember. I'm sorry, but yeah, I don't know. I can't find it. Sorry. Uh, there's been casting for the Eternals, and. That's also, I think, rumored. That hasn't been confirmed, and that's basically going to replace Avengers as kind of like the big event movie uh, of the MCU, like, for their timeline of movies and stuff. They have said, though, that they won't reveal their next, like, five-year plan or lineup until after Far From Home debuts in theaters. So after the second Spider-Man movie, we'll start to see what happens next. Which, I mean, pretty much confirmed, it sounds like, is, like, Black Panther 2. Uh, Eternals, maybe, and Black Widow so far. That's all we know. And, oh, of course, like, probably Doctor Strange 2, I'd assume. Um, most likely it'll be sequels to all the movies that so far have had, like, solo, uh, just, like, first movies so far. And then some new ones will probably start popping up as well. And then last one is, uh, there's gonna be a Hawkeye show, it sounds like, on Disney+, Plus with Jeremy Renner, most likely, and I think it'll be him training his daughter, who's gonna basically be yeah. Kate Bishop. Like I, I heard a, 
I heard a brief thing that was like, it's about him training the next Hawkeye to yeah. maybe take his place in the MCU. Which I think it would probably be Kate Bishop, if anything. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, it not, might be his daughter. No one really... No, I think Kate Bishop sounds familiar. I think... No, Kate Bishop is the second Hawkeye. She's she's currently Hawkeye as well. Right now, there's two Hawkeyes in the comics. But it's just from the trailers and everything, It's in, like Avengers, it's looked like his daughter. That's why yeah. everyone's kind of like not sure which one it's going to be. We'll see. Yeah. And then there's, of course, been a lot of Avengers trailers, clips, and everything else. Uh, yeah. It's going to be, what, what it, how old? It's like three hours long, right? Yeah, it's like just over three hours long or something like that. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that's, everyone's like, that's so long. I'm like, you guys aren't real people because you never saw the other rings, obviously. So whatever. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, I'm just kind of, it's like I said before, you already know what's going to happen. Dude, I'm so excited. I literally just keep like watching Marvel movies. (laughs) Really? I haven't watched any since Captain Marvel, I think. Well, it's like since since Captain Marvel came out, I have rewatched Infinity War and Black Panther and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Just because, oh, wow. like, they're all well, they're all on Netflix, and I just like kind of watched like a bit by bit or whatever. Like, I I might I'll watch Infinity War one 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 more time before uh, the movie. Then yeah. probably just that one though. I don't think I need to watch the others. Well, I don't yeah. really think you need to. It's just like Infinity War. I mean, was I remember so, everything pretty much. Yeah, Infinity War was so like insanely fun to watch. Even like just again on Netflix, and then. Uh, like Black Panther still held up really well as just like its own standalone movie, but like I literally forgot most of Ant Man versus not versus the Wasp Ant Man and the Wasp, like not like forgot the plot or anything, but I just like I forgot how funny that movie is. Yeah, because that, that that's what I've liked about the Ant Man movies is that those are actual comedies. Yeah, that was the thing. And it not, was like like that's why they've been really good with their humor. Yeah, it's like most Marvel movies are action movies with some comedy thrown in there. But yeah. the Ant-Man movies seem to be more like straight up comedies with a little bit of action in there. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. And they just, Baba Yaga. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> so fucking, the music starts playing, I'm like, oh my god, this is so great. Dude, I laughed so hard with like... They literally had that long ass sequence where, uh, he, oh God, I keep, Luis is like, they give him the truth serum and he goes into the long ass thing where he's like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you. You know, Scott's in a really like weird place, emotionally speaking. Like, well, where is he physically speaking? He's like, oh, he's in the woods. And then like ghost just appears <laughs> there and she's like, good. Okay. And she like, like leaves and, like, yeah, the Russian dude's like, Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga. <laughs> So, so funny. Good. <laughs> he starts like muttering to himself. That was so good. And then, uh, oh my god, yeah, it was, it was great. Uh, the last thing is like Disney Plus. Uh, small announcement for it was that within the first year of its launch, we'll have it, the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. Yeah, which, which is an interesting. interesting pairing. I mean, it's basically two guys that they're they're both best friends of Urkai. They both love, but they don't like each other. Yeah. And I thought Winter Soldier would have his own Wakanda shit going on. It was like, what was it, White Wolf or something? You would think... See, what I thought was confusing was I thought... Well, okay, not confusing really, but like when they announced that they're going to have a show with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I immediately thought... You thought they were separate. No, I thought that like, what if 
this is another one of their like minor fake outs and like it is still a show involving the guy who plays the Falcon and the Winter Soldier right now. But what if like over the course of Endgame, like Cap dies or something and Well, he... I mean, I, I like he's the most likely death that we've all kind of thought like there's been polls i've been, like from overall polls and my personal thinking is everyone basically thinks cap is going to be the one to bite the dust out of like besides everyone else like i'm sure mo- i i'm it's not that i hope i'm just expecting i expect multiple characters to die just to have some real stakes to make up yeah. for how many characters are going to come back considering pretty much all but like two to four characters all but two to four characters of everyone that died in the last movie are probably going to come back to life. I can guarantee you. Yeah. Like, I will be shocked if that does not happen. Because it's just such a such an easy... It's so easy. It's just so easy to tell. Like, there's no give... Like, it's, that's why I'm not as excited as I want to be. It's just because how I know. But the only thing, like, that has me excited is everything before that is kind of like the buildup of these characters doing their shit and the li- unlikely group of people that's kind of like, oh, you have some random B-team, C-team people or like people that you don't normally have plus the main ones and some other ones and whatnot. And the fact that Cap and Iron Man are just, they've been there since the beginning. They see, and like maybe even Hulk, those three seem like the most likely that could possibly die in this situation specifically. I don't think Thor will. I think he'd come back for some other shit just because the way they left off with like Valkyrie and the others, which she is apparently going to be in it too, which is going to be awesome. Uh, and I hope that I forget his name, the rock guy. Hey, you want to go uh, on the ship? Korg. Yeah. Yeah. I, want, I, I, I really hope Korg's in it. <laughs> I just want Korg. Uh, hey cap, you, you, you want to get on the ship? We're going to go beat up this man with the giant uh, bracelet. Is this crazy? You see grimaces in space. We're going to go beat him up. Like, it's gonna be great. We're we're all gonna get happy meals. But yeah, like so. What I'm thinking is, since there was a period of time where the Falcon did become Captain America, what if they're just doing like a placeholder name for now? And that's I think at the end of that show they'll say which one becomes Cap. Oh, maybe that could. Eh. I think that's what it would be, honestly. That's another option, because, like, you're right, Winter Soldier, uh, Bucky Barnes, has been Captain America himself. Like In the comic, Both have been in the comics, actually. Yeah. So I thought, like, initially, what if they're just doing one of their slight fake-outs, like they've done in, like, trailers, where they just, like, leave people out or change, add shit to, like, make you think you know what's going to happen, but it's not. And, and instead of having it be the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, what if it's Captain America and the Winter Soldier? Wait, that was the second movie. Wasn't that the name of the second movie? Captain America, the Winter Soldier. (laughs) Yeah, okay, never mind. Maybe that's why it sounds so familiar. (laughs) I think you should just, you need need to take a break, bro. Maybe, I don't know. All right, we we got one less, we got one last piece. Keep your mind right, keep your mind right, bro. Well, dude. <laughs> All right, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. All right, we're going to talk about why it's stupid looking and why it's terrible, and go. I'm just kidding. And <laughs> um, I'm completely joking. Uh, am I, though? No, I actually am. No, like... Uh, they revealed... That, so, dude, I got up at 9 a.m. I woke up an hour before I was actually going to get ready for work, and I just got my phone, got my headphones, went back in bed, put on the stream, watched the panel, watched the trailer... Regret, regretted watching the panel because it was really fucking boring. Uh, but 
because it's just them being like it's straight up after it was Stephen Colbert uh, moderating with like Kathleen Kennedy, J. Abrams, and the uh, cast, and half the cast is just asked, "What's the relationship with these characters? Are they gonna get together or what?" And I'm like, "I'm so fucking bored, dude!" Like they, they did it with uh, Kelly Mary Chan's Rose character, J- uh, John Boyega's Finn. Daisy Ridley's Ray and Oscar Isaac's Poe, uh, and I was just I was so fucking. The only person I feel like they asked any interesting questions was towards uh, uh, Billy D. Williams for Orlando, yeah, and then uh, I think some good ones for maybe Chewie for the guy that plays Chewie that I don't know his name really. Uh, so the trailer itself, okay. It's Jakku, I'm thinking. Some desert planet. It's, it's Some unclear. desert planet. It could be Jakku or Tatooine. I don't know. And it's... You have... All right. You have, you have Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker narrating through it all. And it's pretty much like... You already know. For sure. He's coming back as a forest ghost. That's what's going to happen. And then I'm going to be in the theater going, I wish you were real, though, motherfuckers. <laughs> Ryan Johnson, I'll kill you. <laughs> and start crying. Um, I'm not actually going to, though. You know, I'm just, that was just a joke, guys. It's okay. Uh, he narrates through it just talking about, like, how each... Like, the, even seeing the black text, each generation is a legend. Nothing really dies. All this other stuff. Uh... The pa- your path is your own, you have to make it whatever, blah, 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 blah. And you have Rey running from the fucking TIE fighter, and it's like Kylo Ren's, obviously, and then she jumps over it, and it's like, oh, shit, and the music starts playing, and then the montage goes in. You see some, like, ships flying towards a planet. You see people fighting on, like, uh... Kind of looks like the platforms from Return of the Jedi. Remember the, um... Over the Sarlacc pit, they're in, like, those floating paths. Yeah, it almost looked like they were on those in the desert planet again. And it seems like an adventure that's basically Rey, Chewie, uh, Poe, Finn, I think R2 and C-3PO. I don't think I saw Rose in it, which, I mean, I'm sorry. I Like, Kelly Mary Chan's not a bad person. Like, she's a fine actress. She ju- I just don't like her character. It is just no. the character, not the person. I'd, and I I'd just, agree. The, like, least, I... the least to see... The, the, the less you see the better personally yeah i just thought they did some really dumb things with her character in the yeah. movie like well, well we already talked about the whole about like her kissing with the trailer Finn made like i don't know it came out of nowhere for me yeah we'll just we'll we're not going to book no let's not let's not rag on um episode eight like yeah, we've done that yeah already, <laughs> i would say so we get kind of like all this montage we even see a ship going towards a planet interesting part is uh, someone pointed out the ship looks very similar to the ship that you see in episode seven we're raised really little and you see the ship fly away that supposedly has her parents on it so it basically hints to like all right we'll find out Ray's actual parents because fuck what happened last time and we'll get some answers here it looked like almost like it was the ruins of the Death Star, or that was like some weird underwater Death no, Star thing. That, that looked like a chunk of the Death Star that like fell onto a planet. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, so I was, yeah, and I'm like, okay, that's probably the second Death Star over maybe it's Endor or something. I don't know. It's basically a part of a dead Death Star, and you see Ray's more like in her original outfit in the the episode seven, and. 
Poe looks like Nathan Drake for some reason. Yeah, he really does. And I'm like, now I'm like, oh, maybe we should have just had this as the Nathan Drake movie. We'll just have this as the Uncharted movie. Nothing really, though, truly happens. Uh, you see, like, a scene with Rey hugging Leia, and it's showing, like, kind of the footage they're putting in from previous movies to kind of fill up for her to keep, like, kind of explain what happens to Leia. And then the most important thing happens is at the very end when they're not showing anything and you just hear it. And you hear the Emperor, Emperor Sheev Palpatine, a.k.a. Darth Sidious, laughs. And Luke says in the in like the monologue, nothing, no one ever truly dies. And you just say like ah ah ah, and you're just like oh fuck. It was like I, I had a moderate interest in the trailer. I think it's just because I, I want to be honest. Unfortunately, like there's a part of me that's kind of fatigued by certain Star Wars stuff now. But when I heard that laugh, I fucking like perked up. I was like, holy shit, what are they doing? And then right when the trailer ends, it zooms back out to the panel floor. And it's dark. Like, all the people, all the cast and everyone left. And the light comes on for a second, just on one spot. And it's over Ian McDermott, a.k.a. Palpatine from the prequels. And he's like, roll it again. (laughs) And then they show it, like, the exact same trailer. But it shows the reaction of the audience. And they show it, like, all over the place and stuff. And everyone's, like, freaking out. But I'm like, oh, shit, Ian McDermott's here? That means he's fucking for sure in the goddamn movie. And I'm so ready for that. I'm so ready to see the Emperor in it. I'm not sure exactly what form he'll take. He could be a... The three The three uh, predictions really are, which some less likely than others. One is he survived. I don't think so. Two, he's also, like Luke, a form of Force Ghost or something. Possibility. My main theory is one that goes back to the, ex- the original extended universe that was in the books and comics after Return of the Jedi, before Disney bought them. And in that area, Palpatine didn't wasn't gone after Return of the Jedi. He actually had clones. And so Luke ends up like taking on the clones. So I think there's a, poss- a possibility that it could be a clone. And I would love that personally, just because you'd get kind of like some more stuff from the, from the previous... Uh, universe of star wars before disney took it on either way honestly i really think it's a good choice that they're putting ian mcdermott in as palpatine just because it's it's kind of missing certain things like the way they did with snoke um kylo ren's really good but his story becoming like a full-fledged villain now kind of you don't really i don't i don't know how much there is to still develop for him so having someone like palpatine in there as another villain is such a big thing to do. Like it's just something really, really fucking interesting. I mean, and for sure, I did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I knew for sure the episode nine trailer would be coming to celebration, just because I'm like, it'll come in celebration, and you'll only see it there, and then like on YouTube a little bit, and then it's really gonna go everywhere for the Avengers movie. It's gonna be the trailer that kind of spearheads the movie, because that's always what they usually do. They piggyback one big trailer off of the other for the movies like the intern like a big marvel movie will come out on a star wars and then vice versa that's just how disney's been doing it which is honestly it's the smartest thing to do like you're gonna have that many people going to watch avengers and now they're all gonna be being fed star wars right beforehand like it's it's really smart uh i'm excited i don't think we're gonna get another trailer until july for comic-con personally uh, which is a good enough amount of time where they're probably honestly going to probably pull out like three full-size trailers 
and each one's going to be, like, they're going to be staggered. Like, you're not going to get them for the second one, I think, yeah, Comic-Con. Third one, who knows when. Uh, if Marvel even, uh, if Star Wars is even at Comic-Con, we'll see. I think it's, Comic-Con is, like, the perfect spot for it, though. I think that's going to be what they're going to do. But, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm cautiously optimistic. I want to see, just because J.J. Abrams, he did his kind of safe return, and then Ryan Johnson did his thingy. And then now J.J. Abrams has it again to kind of do his... It's it's funny because you have episode 7. Episode 8 comes out and says, fuck everything that happened in 7. And now 9 is coming out and it feels like it's saying, fuck everything that happened in 8. Yeah. Which honestly for me works out. I'm completely fine with that. And I'm also very excited to have hopefully the cast from 7 back again. It's like when I complained about the pilots not being in 8 which kind of ruined it a little bit for me, and they put in random other people that they killed in, like, five seconds. Now you get, uh, basically, the, the guy that played Matt Parkman in Heroes is back again. And then, hopefully, uh, the girl that plays Colleen Wig in Iron Fist and Nymeria in Game of Thrones, she'll be back again as the female, I forget her name, as the female pilot in Episode Nine because she was in Seven as well. Like, I just want those two characters back just to kind of... As someone who really was attached to the pilots in the original trilogy, like Biggs and Wedge and everyone else, like though like having those small characters like that honestly goes to keep the the world built very well. It, it makes everything feel there, there's a lot more depth, I guess you could say. And then like it also leaves up a future for more Rogue Squadron games, you know. So I still want a VR Rogue Squadron game. I feel yeah, like that'd so be fucking, fucking okay. That that would be my. Uh, That'd be my killer app for VR. It's like I actually feel like me. you're sitting in an X-wing and well, flying they, around. Didn't that they do that for mess. Battlefront with PSVR? They did. They had like a sh- like a brief like a short gameplay mode where you, I think it was like ten bucks or something like that. Yeah. Like I heard it was really good, but I just didn't feel like spending four hundred and ten dollars on a PlayStation VR and no, and it's like two hundred dollars now or something, right? Yeah. yeah, it's a lot cheaper, but I still like at this point I just yeah, want to wait. wait for like a, a wireless version or something like that. Yeah, but okay, that's that's all our news. Um, that's everything. This one's almost two hours, but uh, like I said, these are staggered because this is a buildup of like over a month's worth of, of things we've watched yeah. and played. Uh, next week, we should hopefully, we're going to try to be back because we, the main reason is because we want to do like a weekly game of, like it's pretty much each episode, we're going to have gaming and movie news and everything else, but our main focus, each, each uh, main feature is going to be talking about Game of Thrones. I like it's that's what it's going to be is just full breakdowns of the episodes what we think's gonna happen next what we liked what we didn't like everything uh stuff like for people that read books too because we read both all the books as well so we'll get really really in depth on Game of Thrones uh for the next like five episodes I'd say probably yeah. uh that's about it if you want to message us uh contact us give us feedback positive or negative you can do that at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com if you want to follow James on Twitter, he is at InvaderJim124. If you want to follow me, it is now GoGoComzilla, not underscore Raider underscore. Uh, I changed that like I changed my PSN name. I said that in the previous episode. Uh, you'll see all this stuff in the show notes, of course, so you don't have to worry about spelling that shit out. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much. Uh, listen to us, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Music. If you can give us a review, that would be great. That would push us up to kind of get more people in on this. Now that we're back, we'll hopefully at least be back every week for Game of Thrones, of course. And yeah, until then, you guys have a great time. Yeah, thanks for listening.